Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lord, we thank you for allowing us in your presence again this evening. And Lord... Again, I'd like to speak on last night about the Super Bowl real quickly. But Lord, also, I want to talk tonight and and really give description very clearly of our time that we're in. And I want to discuss the judgment, um, the timing of judgment. I want to discuss the um, a few items about the the government issues relating to that. And the you know the Antichrist, uh, these kind of things that people are saying, I'd like to discuss Mecca quickly, and I'd like to discuss some of these other issues, dear God, um, like describing the the beast kingdoms very clearly. It's very important that we know this knowledge so that we have no doubt to the timing we're in. And I would like to point out a few things about the Antichrist and the Ten Kings that should help the people understand this. <clears throat> And Lord, I'm speaking, as you know, and Lord, I pray you confirm it to people, but I was in meetings with the people, dear Lord, of high levels that run this world, higher than the people that are out there on the news things and so forth, typically. Lord, I'm not even going to go into it, Lord, it doesn't matter. Lord, you know where I was and who was, and I've exposed the names. And Lord, I've told them what they do. And Lord, there's nothing I've heard with more information than that out there. But what's important isn't that. What is important is that we actually discern the scriptures and believe it because it's your instruction to us that we cannot ignore and we have been ignoring it and we are in big trouble for our ignorance of it, of our complacency for believing the truth. And Lord, I would like to discuss that. Now let's start with last night. I just want to touch on something that's very important that we understand. Last night was a satanic worship service and a halftime show. It's all about the deception of guiding the people. Very much like they did last night, is dear Lord, is very symbolic of the thing about the Order of the Garter. The Order of the Garter is this myth, and you see it around the Queen's neck and everybody that's a part of the Order of the Garter. You see the nobleman on a horse stabbing the dragon. First off, the scripture says in Job 41, there has never been a dragon on the earth. Not the kind they're talking about. The dragons are in the prison of God called Shoal. They're not coming out of there. There's a different kind of animal coming out during the the trumpet judgments that you've prepared for this day. To give the people punishment to let them understand. It's kind of a hybrid of all the problems that are in there, the animals and beasts that are tormenting the people who are sent into Shoal. Now, that's Shoal. There's a prison of God where it's kind of like not that bad. It's all all bad, but it's not the same, dear Lord. What you call hell, dear Lord, is the fire and things like that, and you allow people to see the visions of that. But, Lord, you've explained that people go into the body of a worm. In the book of Job, they go into the body of a worm. In Mark, I think it's chapter 13, you're also talking about they're going to be confined in the body of a worm. And dear Lord, you're going to bring the plagues that are symbolic of this worm. And I've written about this in the book called The Testimony of Numbers. It's free to anybody, all the writings, all the audios, everything is free on the websites. That have a lot of detail there for people to understand. The Testimony of Numbers goes into what you revealed to me, Lord, and showed me from the scriptures what the creation looks like and why they're using a um, pyramid because it's real. That's the physical shape of of the walls of our heavens. And dear Lord, you even described this in the top of, I mean, people would understand this, dear Lord, because it comes to a point where right above the, t- the uh, in Ezekiel 1, you're describing that right above the top of the pyramid is the throne of God, which is at the, over top of it. In other words, it's sitting up into the, what we call the waters, which is the what surrounds the pyramid of the heavens. Remember he took the, the heavens and he separated the waters from above and below? 
It is also symbolic of the work that we have to do because it tells us that we were made from particles drawn out of the waters and placed into the earth. Um, it tells us in Isaiah fifty one sixteen, for example, and uh, Psalms one thirty nine fifteen to sixteen, and also in uh, dear Lord, you you tell us this in other scriptures. Right now, I'm, um, forget the scriptures, <laughs> but they're all in that writing. I, I made it known in there that they're there. You covered the the when you put it in the empty expanse which it says in Job uh, 26, 7, you did. And he called the walls of the firmament the north. Because what do they do? It's the north is where the walls are. And what's the walls do? They decide whether we go up or down. And what's the king of the north do? If we follow him, we're going to get the plagues. We're going to get the destruction. So it's a decision-making. That's why it's symbolically called the king of the north. Because that's the work of the heavens that you've given it to do. The work. You gave the firmament the work called heavens, the name heavens. You called it heaven. And what it means is it separates. It has the work of the words because we're judged by the words, John twelve forty eight, Hosea 6, 5. It tells us this, the words of God, and therefore it's, it's likened to this. <clears throat> now, I'd like to quickly touch on this she she jumped in this thing and this whole thing was like she was a priestess in hell and she was the high priestess of hell in that show and it was symbolizing people worshiping and giving their lives and so forth to the devil and that following them if they're going to go there satan has to tell you what he's going to do you saw that the checkerboard dance floor that they were on it's a masonic checkerboard thing the the these pillars, the two pillars that are crooked and, and made out of broken, not straight iron kind of thing. Their Lord leaning at different places. And, and also at the four corners was the, the stars, which is like a pentagram of stars. And, you know, two of them upright and two of them are down, you know, separates up and below. What, what does that do? That Satan cannot go around your laws. Your laws is the heavens separate us because we're judged by the words of God that you placed into the heavens on day four. The lights, the entrance of your words gives light. And it's the words of God that we're judged by, John twelve forty eight. Now, <clears throat> I like to touch on that. And then at the end, by the way, she's in hell. And what happens? At the end, she jumps down into a pit and disappears. See, that, that's, that's what happens after the, the great white throne judgment. They're thrown into the abyss, never to come back again. And I'm going to talk another night about why the sporting events and so forth that they do this, because it's like the Nicolaitans. It's a combination of being deceived by doing these things and showing your strength and all that and disregarding all the laws of God, like the Sabbath day and so forth. Even though the, the Sunday Sabbath is a terrible thing, it happens to be this month that the correct Sabbath is actually on the, 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 the Sunday. So they were mocking your way, although it was in the evening time, which is the first day of the week, which is interesting. It's the first day of the week, and they're separating. You know, that's when God uses. Uh, we have to separate by letting there be light, and the light separates the words, separates the people, the light from the darkness. And what is the darkness? Darkness is the pit, the words of Satan. So they're symbolically showing you that they're separating us at this time. And the devil knows the schedule, the actual calendar, the correct one. So he knew that in the evening time began the first day of the week, which was the first uh, symbolic of the first spirit of God, which separates light and darkness. So if we choose to follow after their ways and celebrate these things, we're going to go into the pit. And we had even the vice president of the United States there, Pence, and many others. And many churches held Super Bowl parties. And they know that every time they do one of these Super Bowls, it's a satanic halftime show. And it, what what this was doing last night was cursing. It's when we see these things and we enjoy it and ignore it and not tell the truth about it and reveal the knowledge of truth. And we're cursing this thing. And it's been very well known. And it's going to come out. And there's going to be more details exposed by it. But that's what they were doing last night. This was the most powerful satanic ritual service that's been done. And the important thing about it was the Pope had they had a message recorded by the Pope for the very first time for the Super Bowl, telling that the symbolism, 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 like in the Vatican, you know, the obelisk symbolizes the devil, you know, committing sodomy against his people. Even during the show, you saw Lady Gaga coming down this ramp and a guy is in a black suit is sodomized, symbolically sodomizing her from behind. I mean, this is a horrible show. It's a terrible show. 
and this stuff is going on and we're allowing it to be and it curses us. And when we enjoy this and celebrate it and cheer it, we're cheering the devil's, the, the flood of the dragon's mouth in Revelation 12, which is going to destroy us because we're allowing this to be. So it's very important we understand that and come to that. Now, I'd like to also describe uh, one other thing quickly before I get into the thing about the beast kingdoms. Um, this thing about Elijah, many people are prophesying about Elijah. People don't understand. There's basically three instances in the Bible of Elijah. The first is John the Baptist, as it tells us in Matthew. I think it's 14.11 or 11.14. Uh, the Lord is saying that this is John the Baptist to come, if you will. What did John the Baptist do that Elijah is going to do? See, Elijah, uh, John the Baptist was, Jesus said he was not of the kingdom of God. He's the least in the kingdom of God. He was of the kingdom of God, but he was the least in it because he did not hear the words of God. He even questioned Jesus. Uh, you know, Jesus said, don't you see what I'm doing? These are the words, the works are the words of God. See, you speak the words and all things are done. It powers in the words of the king and Jesus the king. And he was saying, are you the one? Are you the Messiah? Are you the king, the son of David, the son of God? And Jesus said, no, look, see. But what did John the Baptist testify? John the Baptist testified in John three twenty six to 36, the prophecy of this. He said, the one following me which was Jesus. He's the one. He pointed out he's the one. But what did he prophesy? He prophesied that Jesus would come speaking the words of God that he was taught in heaven from the Father, and he would make them known. And that in the words is the Holy Spirit of God, because they come with the, with the full measure of the Spirit of God. These are different words than earthly words. And Jesus came talking normal languages, but people couldn't understand him. He said in John eight forty three to 47, you don't understand my speech because you cannot discern my words. He's speaking the words in their language right to them. And he spoke in Aramaic. He spoke in Hebrew. He could speak in all those languages, but yet the people couldn't discern his words from those languages. Because it doesn't matter what language on earth you speak. You know, in the beginning, there were 70 nations, 70 languages. And when he did the, the um, at the Tower of Babel, the, 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 the people, the, the sons of, uh, of Noah, were 70 nations. And that was before they made the Tower of Babel. Because they had one pure language. They had one language. But before that, in the chapter before, they'd all been given their earthly languages. But it's the one pure language, the language that Noah taught them which is the knowledge, not, it's not Hebrew. It doesn't matter what language you speak his words in. You can do the words. When you're doing the words, you're doing sign language, symbolism. Jesus does symbolism through all the Bible. The temple is an example of symbolism. The tabernacle is an example of symbolism. The prayer shawl is symbolism. The bowl of salt pouring it into the, the foundation of, the, I mean, the source of the water and purifying it, making it sweet for a long time, forever. It changed it. Well, what's that do? That's symbolism. Putting the hand of a fine flower in the poison stew and causing the poison to be taken out. That's symbolism. See, that's doing the way of the words. And God sees that because he said he's always looking down to see if we understand. Because he's watching our works. To discern if we understand. And he said, no, they don't. And that's where we are today. It has not been taught in our churches. It hasn't been taught. But that is what John the Baptist was saying, that Jesus was coming. And what happened with John the Baptist? Even though he spoke those prophetic words, he could not understand it. And I, I, in this day, you know, the God had me open these words in 2003. I didn't get them. You know, God did it. He even took me to the, to the walls of the firmament. The Lord took me there to show me the earth and telling me, believe like a little child, because he was revealing the scriptures to me and opening his words, which I made known to everybody. See, John the Baptist didn't believe the words because he didn't understand it, didn't discern him. But yet he was mighty as far as men of earth. He was a vicarious man. Vicarious means zealous to do the, the law of God completely. He even criticized Herod, when people wouldn't stand up because the, the, the law of Israel is that an Edomite could not be king of Israel. He, cha he was chastising him. Why? They won't even talk about that. Because the law says you have to be of the tribes of Israel, and Edom is not. So he, he chastised. And then Herod taxed the people and paid for the city. I think it's in the city of Nicholas in uh, Greece, where the Roman emperor came to do his sporting events. 
because he wanted to show off his strength and do his chariot races and that. And Herod taxed the people of Israel to pay for that. And I've told you today that the Jews that are, they claim to be Jews and are not Jews. I've explained that. You know, they're bringing forth, I have personal firsthand knowledge of it, that they're bringing forth a no-wide covenant that ignores most of the laws of the Torah. They're going to get rid of it. They're changing everything. They want to change the new Bible. They're creating it in the Club of Rome. And I've shown you, go look at their plan for a sustainable earth. It tells you they're going to have one world religion. All the people are going to be forced to take their religion, which is this no-hide morality laws that they're creating. It's not true. They're even making artifacts trying to, to bury them so that they'll be uncovered and say, oh, they're going to do this. And they're planning a Messiah to come to Mecca. And people are being deceived by this that they're planning to bring this to Mecca. Now, he may come later, but the Messiah that they're, they're like they're, they, they've groomed the presidents before they ever become president. I'll be testified to that. And who's doing it and so on. These people are groomed to become president by them. And they push these laws and so forth. Because elections are fraudulent. They're not even lawful under admiralty law system. You know, they they can do them. Sure, they can do them, but they don't count. Nobody can, you know, it's like Trump and doing all this with the voting and all that. It's all baloney. It's not true. So my point is this. Elijah came, I mean, uh, Moses came and Jesus said, uh, not Moses, John the Baptist came and Jesus said he was like Elijah. Elijah was to come. What did he do? He made known the messenger of the new covenant. And the Lord said he's going to do the same thing at this time. In Malachi 3, he tells you at the time of the day of the Lord also, it's going to be like it was before because there's going to be a messenger that tells us the messenger of the new covenant is coming. And the new covenant is Jesus. It tells you this. And this is before before Elijah and Enoch come in real. The real Elijah is coming. Right now we have the same as like John the Baptist kind of thing, crying out the words, telling them that the Lord is coming to make judgment. And what is the message of the, 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 the new coming? He's coming to make the, uh, the, the appearing. The Lord is coming. As Malachi 3.1 says, I've explained it to the people. I've made it known to the people. The Lord has given me that message to make known. And I've made it known that the Lord is going to appear. Paul tells us that in Second Timothy 4, 1 and 2. He tells us there that the Lord is coming and his appearing. Now, this is after John the Baptist. He's saying he's coming and his appearing and at his kingdom to judge the living and the dead. He's coming at the separation judgment, which he tells you is going to be in the night of the day of the Lord. And yet the time of his coming to, to cast down the Antichrist and all them is going to be at the three o'clock hour of the day of the Lord. And remember that I told you that a time is seven years. At each, the evening is seven years long, two hours. See, an hour in the, in the biblical time, it's explained as 42 months. There's 84 months in seven years, according to the book of Revelation. And a half time is 21 months, approximately, because he says approximately a half time which is what the, the, the seventh seal judgment is going to be, the manifestation of it. But see, the manifestation of that seal judgment is going to actually start in the, in the morning, right at the, at the break of dawn in the morning. The actual separation judgment of the sixth uh, seal is now. It's coming now. We're in the night of the day of the Lord. It tells you in John 9, 4, 5, Luke 17, 34, that the separation judgment occurs in the night. The kingdom of God coming back with all his saints is at the three o'clock hour of the day. That's about ten and a half and a little bit more than ten and a half years from now. Ten and a half years from now because the Antichrist is going to reign for 42 months, but he reigns at the same time as the, as the uh, other beast kingdom, the ten, beast kingdom, ten kingdoms. That's what's happening now. Jesus is telling us like it was before, it's going to be again. And like the plagues of Egypt was, it's going to be again. He tells you in Jeremiah 16, it's going to be like that. It's going to be worse than that, but it's going to be that you won't even talk about those plagues. You're going to talk about what he does now to bring his people out of the world. And he tells you in Revelation 18:4, he's coming to bring plagues. He tells you in Zechariah 14, 15, there's going to be plagues. Or 14, 12, it's going to be plagues, terrible plagues, boils and so forth. He describes it many times in the Old Testament. And in the new. 
So what you have, and he's coming at his appearing, Second Timothy 4, 1, he's coming at his appearing and at his kingdom. Now, I could believe that they, you remember that he's coming to seal the people. In other words, he's going to gather them up in the air. That's one thing. But that is not the appearing. The appearing is in Matthew 25, 31, 34, for the separation judgment when he comes to do what? He comes to separate his people, and he has the angels put the ones on the right and one on the left. That is not the rapture. We have to be purified, made white, and refined before we can be raptured. The rapture comes in in the midst of the morning. In the middle of the morning of the day of the Lord, the real Elijah will come with, with Enoch because they will be here for 42 months, which is one half of the morning of the day of the Lord, the second half of the morning. But in the first half of the morning, it should be the rapture because he says in Psalms 50 and 4 that he's coming. He'll send his angels to take those who made a sacrifice to him. The sacrifice that we are to make is the righteous acts of the saints. We cannot do the righteous acts of the saints until we come to the knowledge of truth, which he tells us in John seventeen seventeen. We must be set apart by law, by God's law, by his requirement to the Father, his request to the Father that the Father will not change, and that is that we must be set apart from the world by his words. And that's why he said in John twelve forty eight, we're going to be judged by his words, the same words that John the Baptist didn't understand because they weren't opened yet. Jesus had not paid the price of his blood so that they could do it. That's why Jesus said, in the kingdom he's the least. At that time, he would have given so much blessing and so much knowledge and so much, and even spoke about the words. I remember several years ago, I think it was 2010. I think it was in 2010. And yeah, I'm pretty sure it was 2010 in the fall. They were giving this uh, wonderful prophet was given the message by the Lord. He'd been given so many messages. And he says, the words of wisdom are coming that you do not know, you must understand it. And he even told them that God had caused the words to be received on earth, which is what he said in Hebrews 10, 26 to 27. They weren't done back in the 50s. That's what the entrance, the beginning of the day of the Lord. When the day of the Lord began, the light entered the world. How does the light enter the world? The entrance of his words, Psalms 119, 130. So, uh, Zechariah fourteen seven says the day of the Lord begins with the entrance of the light. There shall be light. He tells you in Hosea six five that our judgments come like light. So we should know that the day of the Lord began with the entrance of the words. That is the messenger of Malachi three one. Then God starts spreading that word and people start receiving that word because the new covenant's coming. <clears throat> uh, it's uh, you know people. Well, I need to understand. They, they beheaded John the Baptist. They're going to behead Enoch and Elijah. I don't know about this time. See, it, it's it's up to the Lord what happens at these times. It's God's going to cause the work to be done. But the thing about it is that you must understand is this. The Lord tells us in Daniel 7, and I'd like to read this for you so that you catch a hold of this. We don't understand even the thrones. I've explained them for people. I'm not trying to say I, I, I. I mean, it sounds like I'm saying I, 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 but God is giving me the revelation and I'm just trying to make known what's in the scriptures. You can get this. All you got to do is, like he says in Proverbs one twenty three, he says, when you hear it, if you want to know the words, turn to me, repent and believe there are words like John the Baptist told you those words. And he says, I will pour out my spirit upon you and receive the words. John the Baptist never asked him for his words. He prophesied of it. You know, they, they got these prophets saying, oh, God has caused his words to be received. And they're not seeking to find out what, what, what are they, who has it, and where's the knowledge at? And how do I get the knowledge? You know, how do I increase in that knowledge by calling upon the Lord? Because until we do this, until we recognize there are words, it's like Jesus was talking to all those people. The whole three and a half years of his ministry, nobody got it, not even his disciples. It was not until after the cross in Luke 24, 44, and 45, that after he poured out the Spirit upon them, that they were able to understand his words. He said, these are the words I spoke to you while I was with you. And then he was able to cause them to understand the Scriptures. Because without the words, you can't understand the Scriptures. They're written in a pure language of the kingdom of heaven. But we're reading it in the languages of earth. 
we're translating it into the language of earth. We have not set apart the words of God, which is we're supposed to be set apart by the knowledge of truth, the words of God. We haven't done it. So we, we are not able. He tells us in John, uh, Daniel 7, 9 to 14, and I'm going to uh, just give you highlights. I want to read one little verse to you in a minute. But first off, Jesus is telling us there that, or he's revealing here. Uh, I think it's Gabriel revealing it. What he's telling us is that the thrones were opened up. I think this was the visions that of the night that, um, yeah, the visions in the head um, when he lay on his bed. What he's saying is night visions. See, th- this is the judgment of the night. God seals his instruction in the night. So this is the judgment of the night. And he's talking about the night. He tells us in Luke seventeen thirty four the judgment's going to be in the night, separation judgment. He tells us in uh, John 9, 4, 5, the light's going to go out of the world. He's going to go out of the world. In other words, he's going to leave those of the world. We have to be set apart into the kingdom of God before that. He's coming at his appearing and at the kingdom. He's going to judge the people. See, he's judging the living and the dead, and we're all like walking dead to him. The living are those who listen to his voice and discern his words, John five twenty four, and believe in the promises of God because they have everlasting life, he says, and they, have, they will pass through these judgments. So they're the living. Those are the ones who are hearing the Lord, desiring to hear, or doing ways of them. As he says in Matthew 25, if you read from 31 on, he explains to you, because the people there, the ones that are set apart because they are living right. But remember, many are going to be cast out because they don't know the difference. Because they're prophesying, they're they're healing and, and casting out demons, and they will not hear. Their pride is too great. So they will not hear of the words. But there's some humble people that the Lord says, you know, they, they helped the old and they helped the poor and they kept, they loved their parents, loved their neighbor, all these things, kept the Ten Commandments and so on. If they do that and hear, because it, doing the words is symbolism. If you do the way the words for people, even if you don't quite understand it, God's going to set you apart for good. But if you're prideful and ignore his message and trample upon the spirit of grace, that's bad. I explained last night that they were trampling upon the blood of the Spirit of Grace. In other words, they're lying to people. When I, when I said this show is like the, the, the myth of the Order of the Garter, they were talking about love, love, love. Well, the word in Greek for love is thelema. And it's, it's the law um, that, uh, I can't remember his name now, 1904, he wrote, um, oh, I wish I could remember his name. He, he, was a, he, he was a devil worshiper. And oh, I was right on the tip of my tongue and I can't remember it right now. Anyway, he wrote the law of Thelema, which is the law of love, which is deception. I hear this all the time. Oh, your message isn't about love. It's not about love. Jesus said, if you don't hear his words, you don't love him. And I'm trying to get you to see the knowledge of truth and get you to love the scriptures to actually try to hear them and seek them out yourself with the Lord. Not just pick and choose. But the law of Thelema is a deception. It's like Lady Gaga was singing, that horrible singing that she was doing because it was such a curse. She was saying that, you know, if you're bisexual, transgender, doesn't matter. Well, you know, we're all right. We're good. No, you're not. You're not, uh, you know, that's the false love. That's a love that's taking you to the pit, which she was showing you in all of her actions. The devil is working with these people and they're financed by the system. The crown trust system does these things finances them to put them on and gives them the advice i mean even have the the whole this thing in 2012 they show you from the uh there's a cartoon series that predicted what would happen at this time she'd jump from the roof and um you know fly through the air at the super bowl and so forth they're talking about gaga so they knew what was going on the system's planning this stuff in advance and putting it on for the occult purposes they do this that's the order of the garter they're working on enabling these things all over the world these people are very occultic that's what the queen is it's the sorcery lord tells us he's going to get rid of their sorcery he's going to cause them to crash okay here's the key point i want to get to you and this will help you understand the difference i pray i've, I've discussed this verse many times but the Lord tells, he in verses 9 and 10, the Father sets up the judgment throne, which is different than the throne that's above the top of the firmament. And when you go to Ezekiel 1, it shows you that the firmament comes to a point because right above it's the throne of God. 
Everything's pointing to the throne of God. So that's why it's a pyramid, but it's above the, um, the, the firmament, which is what Satan wants. It tells you Satan wants to rise above the clouds. The clouds is the, the throne of God is surrounded by clouds, and he's wanting to rise above that and have control over all the waters, over all the people, over everything that's made. That's what he's trying to do. But the Lord sets up a, a, a judgment throne in the top of the pyramid. There's a capstone there where the four living creatures are and all the fiery stones and so on. The fiery stones is, you know, the blessing that was sp- spoken of and given to each and every one that would ever be born on day six of creation. The blessing is recorded. God records it in stone. And it's called the fiery stones. And Satan was in charge of those. So he knew what the works were that people would do, and he tries to tempt you and guide you the other way. But he's no longer in heaven. He's cast down into the world, and he's here on earth. As it says in Revelation 12, from the beginning of the day of the Lord till now, he's cast down here. So he's there tempting and doing all these evil things, but he knows his time is short. He's already lost his dominion, and he's trying now to kill all the people because if he doesn't kill all the people, he cannot. That's the only term in Jeremiah 31, 33, that he can overcome the plan of God is to get kill, kill all of us. And he's got to use the people to do that. They got to kill each other, which is what they're doing. They're trying to make this love story. But every time they do something, it's a lie. It's like the, the noble stabs a dragon. But yet the, the, the true story is that they, they tell, and, and it's written from a fable, is that uh, that's where it came from. The Order of the Garter was all about that. Uh, in 1327, King Edward III brought all this stuff forward. And he started it then with his admiralty law he put into place backed by a cult. Works. Okay. Anyway, they brought the Order of the Garter in 1348. And that's, you know, Queen Elizabeth said he's the most powerful king uh, of, of uh, England. And then uh, George the Third, the one that, you know, had the American Revolutionary War, who had conquered the France, took over the, the title of Holy Roman Emperor, and you can even see that from the, England and, and Windsor Castle. With Windsor Castle is a horrible thing. That's where they're getting this whole order of the garter and everything comes from, and this lying myth. Well, it's the same thing. Crowley, that's the guy that did the law of Thelema. Law of Thelema, the law of love, it's not love. It's a law of, of death, because that's what's going to happen to these people that follow it. And it's also the the number... Uh, 93 and 39. You'll see, uh, if you look up those numbers, it's 39 and and, um, um, the number of 93. They're both working together. And I I don't have that right now. I already gave a talk on that a couple, about a week ago. So what you see is that that's what the seeing eye, they they use the three fingers, they put the first finger and the thumb together. And you see in Lady Gaga's show, they were flashing that. You see the Pepsi life water. It's not life, it's death. And, you know, anything from Pepsi, I wouldn't trust. These are the people that were using fetuses in there for flavoring water and so on. Horrible. And they come out with this with the Super Bowl. You saw the, the zero, zero sugar, whatever it is. And, but they were using this logo on their Pepsi bottles with the seeing eye in the middle. That's, that's the law of Thelema. That's the law of death. And that water, I would not trust it for nothing from that. And they're using, one bottle has like a DNA stranding. Another one uses like waters with bubbles and particles moving in it. Well, that's what it did in the beginning. God took the particles out of the waters and placed them into the earth. The water surrounded the firmament of the heavens. So it's symbolic of it. You look at those life, life water. And they even spell it um, L-I-F, or, yeah, L-I-F-E-W-T-R, which comes in 93 which is what this that thing does. You can have it 39 or you can have it uh, 93. Both of them are terrible. Um, so what it is, they were flashing that with their eyes with the dancers behind Lady Gaga at different times of the show, and she was flashing it as well. Donald Trump uses it a lot. And it's a terrible thing to do. you, you got to understand God is watching everything we do. And when these people do these things, it's a, it's a horrible act. Okay, so that judgment throne is at the top of the pyramid, and then what um, it, because what he describes in Revelation 4 and 5 is that the living creatures are there. So it's down in the capstone, which is where God would judge us, because the words are inside the heavens, we're judged by his words. And so he's come to see the record 
according to our stone. What did we do? What did we, you know, did we accomplish our work? That's why he says there's a judgment of talents. You'll see that in uh, Matthew 25, 14 to 30. It's, it's described right there, right before the separation judgment, because that's what's going to happen. We're judged by our words. What are our talents? All his works are done by, our, by his words, and we're judged by his words. So our talents are judged by his words, and that's what he's trying to make known to us. And we're ignoring his words. We will not receive it. Now, what he does, he says, I was watching then because, this is verse 11 in Daniel 7, the sound of the pompous words, the great words which the horn was speaking. I watched till a beast was slain in its body, destroyed and given uh, to the burning flame. Now, please understand that the Roman Empire, fourth beast kingdom, has, you know, basically it started its second run or, or the fifth beast kingdom started really in 1327 with King Edward III coming to the throne because that's what started this the crown trust and grew it into power they from that time on he put, he put the law of the sea treaty in place at that time and they run by that law uh, even to today so that is the p- pagan occult system and you can see that even his uh, King Edward III's wife's very famous because you can see her clothing with the knight, uh, knight, the Order of the Garter emblems all over her. And th- then you had King George built the, the the pompous state coach, which they just released videos of that in color, so you can't miss it. You can see that the the state coach is gold, four layers of gold. It's a terrible ride, and it's headed by four sea creatures, two in the front and two in the back. The ones in the front are blowing horns. One in the back have rods that they that they're shooting when they have rods in their quiver. And Jesus said, "His, you know, they got their words, their their words in their quiver, not God's words." You know, we're supposed to Isaiah forty nine two that the Lord is the the shining shaft in the quiver of God, but they fill their quiver with iron rods from sea creatures, which is from the bottom of the sea, which means death. And then on the the, uh, state coach, the gold state coach of the queen, you'll see the face of Zeus on the doorstep. So when she steps over that, she's celebrating the sun god and celebrating the destruction of all the people because she's going to take over the world. She's serving the devil. And that's what we were doing with this thing last night, doing this. Now, the pompous little horn is this little nation that controls all the other nations. And they divided the world up into 10 nations. The people just don't know it yet. But that's it's true. In the system, there's 10. And, you know, I, like I said, in 2002, I was in a meeting, and it was openly stated, a DHS secret meeting, and they openly stated that DHS is running Mexico, Canada, and the United States, even back in 2002 in January. Had been for years, and people don't know it. They they're ignorant to these things. They will not believe the truth, even when people testify to it, of them. And I've told you who is the lady that works for uh, the Crown Trust for the Queen and Rothschild at the top of the Crown Trust, and she is reporting to them, and she's running the global uh, the population control to kill all the people. I've told you the name. I've told you the people, and so on. Now. God says it's a little horn that's running all these other ones. Is He says he's going to destroy it. So here we have, during the time, he says he's going to destroy it, and then he's going to take away the dominion for a season and time. A time is seven years. And he tells us that the judgment's coming in the night, at the end of the night, which is the winter season. Because at the spring, April 7th, uh, April 6th starts the, the morning. So he's coming to judge us right now, and he's going to manifest this with the coming of the morning, the judgment. The plagues are going to come on the world. And people aren't ready for the plagues. And the Lord has been given prophetic word after prophetic word. It's coming. These plagues are coming. What he did to Egypt, he's going to do now. Except it's far worse. They've never had a time like this where the anger of God is going to be so wrathful. But he tells you in Ezekiel 38, he's also going to use the, the fiery stones and so forth. Now, I, I've told you that at this time, there's going to be a messenger that makes known the words and makes known the coming of the Lord, makes known the judgment time, makes all of this known, and the timing of when Elijah and them are coming. It tells you in the Bible when they come, 42 months before, 1,260 1, days before the Antichrist gets his throne. And the Antichrist and the uh, the 
uh, ten kings get their throne at the same time. Remember, they the ten kings will give their crown over to the Antichrist. And you see that. He said that, um, remember that there's only be 42 months left when the Lord's seven years are up. Because he's going to reign from the morning until noon. And the second half of the morning will be run by Elijah and Enoch. They will come back and they will uh, testify and judge the world. But the rapture will occur in the midst of the morning. That's what's telling you in uh, Psalms 50 and 4. That's what's telling you in Don, Daniel 9, 27, because he says he's going to take away the sacrifice. When? At, in the midst of the morning, in the middle of the seven years, he's going to take, uh, take away the, the sacrifice. If you read the wording of Daniel 9, 27, it says this. It says, Then he shall confirm a covenant with many for one week, but in the middle of the week he shall bring an end to sacrifice and offering. So what is that? The end to sacrifice and offering. That's the taking away of the saints. That's when they're lifted up to heaven because he tells you in, in Psalms 54 that he's going to send out his angels to gather those who made a sacrifice to him. He says he brings an end to it. You don't have to, it's too late to make any more sacrifices. He's taking them up. That's the rapture. They're going up at that time. So we know that that is coming. And then we know that from the time then, Enoch and Elijah are going to testify. So that's the real Elijah coming. And before that, there's the same thing. It was like John the Baptist. And that is that there's a message making known that the Lord is coming. That's a simple message. He's making the words. He's coming for the judgment. And these are the words. And, and this is the timing of the judgment. He's coming. It tells you in Isaiah twenty-one ten to 12. It is the night at the end of the night. And he tells you the morning and the... Um, he tells you the watchman to make known that the, the morning and the night are both coming because he's going to separate the people. Those of the day, that's what Paul says in First Thessalonians 5, 1 to 11, he tells you that they're either of the day and of the light or they're of the darkness of the night. That's what he's saying. They're going to be judged by the words and set apart. That's Matthew 25, 31, 34. So that is what's coming at this time. And that's why, you know, they shouldn't be looking for the Antichrist yet. I believe I know who he is of the system. Unless he surprises me and turns and comes out, he said all the right things that the Lord has said. And he's a son and uh, of a, a Templar family, and he's also related to the Rothschilds and, and the Queen and them. And it's not the Pope and this Messiah that they're bringing forth is an Islamic thing. That is not going to be there. The... the, the the Antichrist and the false priest that's coming, they may use Mecca, uh, the place of Mecca, but that's not, you know, they're, they're going to cause fire to come down from heaven and all that stuff because the people, see, what he's saying is on the wings of abomination, all right, the spirit of abomination. In other words, Elijah and Enoch are going to be here and the people are going to be angry because, you know, the words have been taken away. But they have to turn and repent and be willing to come to martyrs for the people. The people have to become willing to be martyrs. And even Enoch and Elijah are going to show them the way because they're going to become martyrs at the end of that time. And what's happening is they're going to be testifying to the words and they're going to be testifying against the people. And if the people come against them because they don't like the punishment that's come upon them, remember that God is king at this time. He's still reigning from heaven during the, the, the 1,260 days of the, of the two witnesses. He's reigning from heaven. The words are with them, and they are speaking the words against these people and punishing those who will not worship, and they hate them for it. And, and when they die, they're going to send gifts to one another. But when they die, it becomes the great and terrible day of the Lord. Now, please remember, think of this. You have the evening and in the Lord's day, you have an evening, you have a night, you have a morning, and you have a day. The day that the Lord is talking about is from noon, and but he's going to cut it short. It's going to only be 42 months long. That is the day of the Lord. He's going to cut it short. They're going to be 42 months because the ten kings and the Antichrist are going to reign at the same time. They're going to give their crowns to him, and he's, they're going to reign. So they're going to reign for 42 months with him. It tells you that in Revelation 17. With him they reign, the Antichrist. So, so they turn their crowns over to him. It's the same now. 
All the ten nations on the earth have turned all their authority. They signed the law of the sea treaty, giving the ownership to the sea to the Queen Elizabeth, the Holy Roman Empress of this day. They did that in 2008, the, the last time I know of. But, you know, they renewed this thing and signed it then, giving her the ownership of of all the seas and the rivers. And all the nations have seas and rivers, uh, are connected to the sea and rivers, or they're connected to the rivers that go to the sea. That's how they establish admiralty law and make them all into corporations and stuff forth like this. It's a terrible thing what they're doing. You know, in Washington, D.C., also, there's this Smithsonian. And I've learned recently from people that the Smithsonian is where the live birth records and the blood things are kept, which they're trading, they're using that information to uh, trade in the souls of men. That's a horrible thing. And if you go and look up Smithsonian and just read what it says, founded in 1846, the Smithsonian is the world's largest museum education and research complex consisting of 19 museums and galleries, a national zoological park and nine research facilities. And it, what's it do? The mission and vision, shaping the future by preserving our heritage, discovering new knowledge, and sharing our resources with the world. They don't tell you that they're sharing the resources with the world. They're the ones handling the birth records all over the world. I told you about there's a company in Florida that's doing the work of profiling everybody on earth for the Crown Trust, everybody on earth. And China and Russia and the United States are all united in this. It's like there's no war out there. It's all created nonsense. They're all in it together. Zechariah 14.1 says all the nations are united. Even Israel's leadership is united. Consider that rabbis in Israel, the ones bringing forth the Noahide, many of them are bringing forth the Noahide morality laws, which is not God's law. They're creating this concept and they're putting down Christianity and so forth. And the Vatican is, you know, Perez has already signed, I understand, in 1993, signed over Jerusalem to the Pope. And the Pope works for the Vatican, I mean, works for the Crown Trust, not the Vatican. The Vatican is controlled by the Crown Trust. The Holy Roman Empress runs the Vatican. She's over top. They try to make it look like that's not true, that the Pope is separate. But no, this is their Pope. This is their, their worker. It's really run from London. And even they tell you that they, they, they always play the song Jerusalem. They're creating a new Jerusalem. They play that at the Queen's ceremonies. They played it at Prince William and Kate's wedding and all this stuff. And it's a mockery. Listen to the words. It slams Jesus because what it's saying is that he didn't die on the cross. They took him off the cross and brought him to England. And he was there and he went back and he died at Masad. Uh, I mean, uh, what is it? Uh, the, the fortress there. I can't remember the name of it right now. They died at the fortress when the Romans took it at the end there in the 80, 70. They say, he, oh, he jumped off the wall and killed himself at that time. They said he was married to Mary Magdalene. All of that's baloney. It's impossible. He could not be the, the king and the leader of the eunuchs, as it says in the Bible, if that was true. Couldn't do it. So all this stuff is nonsense. What I'm pointing out to you is that we have a separation judgment where the God is going to destroy these people. And what it says in, in uh, Daniel 7, I've read you Daniel 9:27, where it tells you, um, I don't know, if, let me just review these one more time for you. It says um, in, in Daniel 7, tw- uh, 12, and then I'm going to read Daniel 9:27 so I can make it very clear to you. It says, as for the rest of the beasts, they had their dominion taken away, yet their lives were prolonged for a season and time. In other words, the beast kingdoms, the beast kingdoms are going to be um, wounded. In other words, he, he takes away their head, which is the, the little horn. He wounds it. And so they're separated and God rules. See, when he takes and wounds their head, means they can't use their words. In other words, their words are silenced for a season and time. And then what happens is that he gives the dominion back to them at the time of the ending of the testimony of Elijah and Enoch. And they've already seen the rapture of the saints. The rapture of the saints occurred 42 months before the Antichrist kills Enoch and Elijah. That's what the scriptures are revealing. So we shouldn't be looking for the Antichrist right now. We should be looking at what's right in front of us. We we, the church, we, the people, we, all of us, allow all these pagan goddesses and idols to stand. We allow these shows to go on, these occult rituals. You know, it's like when people put tattoos on their body, 
What is the Lord saying? He said the devil's trying to get all the people to destroy all flesh. And that's symbolic. When you put tattoos on your body, when God tells you do not put tattoos on your flesh, when you do that, what you're symbolizing to God in heaven is that you're okay with Satan destroying all flesh. Because God told you don't do this and you're doing it. You know, we all sin and come short to the God, knowledge and glory of God. And God will heal that from you if you will turn and receive the knowledge of truth and repent and, and come out. When he comes in, he says he's going to restore all f- flesh and, you know, all those who t- turn to him. He says, I will restore what the, uh, the locusts have eaten. The locusts have eaten, remember when they went into Egypt in the, in the eighth plague, which is regeneration, they destroyed everything that was left. The locusts did. Everything that was left. And we get to restore this. In other words, we've, we've, we destroyed the seed of the, of the people. We've just, I mean, of, of our, our families and so forth with the things that we do, but including these tattoos. They're going to be healed from you. The food and stuff that's in us is going to be healed from us if we will turn at this time and come to God because we have to do what it says in Daniel 9.24, which is do the, you know, end all sin and all that stuff that we have to do. The six things we must accomplish before, if you want to be a part of his kingdom, that has to be done at this time because he's coming to be king. He's coming to bring the kingdom of heaven on earth as it is in heaven. And we're not ready. And the churches aren't ready. They're not even thinking about it, not even obeying Joel two twelve to 20 to see that it comes. Instead, war is going to come upon them and destruction, just like he promises in Revelation twelve seventeen. So he's saying that they're, they're, the beast kingdoms are set aside for a season and time. The people are alive. Because it even tells you in Revelation 17 that the people of the six beast kingdom are so angry with the harlot that they destroy her. See, the, the beast kingdom, the king is the, the system, the financial system, the occult system and all that. And they get so mad that they go about destroying and they get rid of all these things, the, 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 the tattoos, the, all this stuff that they got the idols and the rest of it, the people are going to destroy it because they realize this is what's bringing the plagues upon them. And they're going to cleanse the places. and They're going to get rid of the harlot is what it says. They're going to destroy it. And all the ways of the harlot, the false ways of doing words, the admiralty law system uh, and the fake court system. God's going to destroy the courts because he says in Isaiah 126, he's bringing a new court system like it was of old. And I've explained yesterday the way it was for Job and the way it's going to be. So that is what he says there. Now, let me read 927 for you again and, and understand that right after 13 and 14, he tells us, in, in right after verse 12 in Daniel 7, verses 13, 14, he says the Lord's going to reign. The Lord's going to reign on earth before the t- those other kings get their dominion. There's always a king. God appoints the kings, and he says it's going to be the Lord for seven years. That's why he says he's going to establish him for seven years. He's going to reign. This time we're going to reign as king. We're going to make him our king. And then he's going to rapture us. He's going to send the two witnesses. And then at the end of the 42 months of the reign of the of the 10 kings and the Antichrist, he's going to come back and take with his kingdom and establish it on earth and cast them out of the earth. Everybody of darkness is going to be cast out. But God is going to wash us clean and he's going to circumcise our hearts and put the, and write the words of God on our heart. And that's the judgment system. You don't have a constitution. You don't have all these things. And for us to go try to negotiate with them to, to, to accomplish getting past their law system is exactly what we're not supposed to do. At this time, we are required to be set apart into the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God doesn't have a constitution like that. We're to believe the Bible but we'll allow him to write the words of God on our heart. Because if you understand the words, you understand the way of God and the fear of God and the way of the seven spirits and you walk in the ways of them and everything you desire will be done for you. If you don't do that, you're going to be punished by it because you're going to rule over the heavens with a rod of iron. And 927, he says, then he shall confirm a covenant with many for one week. But in the middle of the week, confirm the covenant. He's coming to confirm the words of God and he's going to confirm the works that they open up. So during that time, you'll be able to do the righteous acts of the saints and call upon him, which is what he says in Revelation 19, 1 to 11, which is about, 1 to 10, I'm sorry, which is about the, 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 the marriage supper of the Lamb, which is going to be here on earth first. We have to be washed clean by the words and made spotless. That's what the righteous acts of the saints do for us. It covers a multitude of sins, as it says in James five nineteen to 20. 
And therefore, when we do that, then, then we're able to be taken up into heaven. We'll meet him in the air and then we'll be with the Lord. As it says in Revelation, I mean, yeah, Revelation 15, 1 to 4. And we'll sing the song of Moses because we're right now. People don't even understand it because they don't understand his words. They don't understand the way of it. That is what it's coming. And that's why it's like this of three times of Elijah. There's this time and then there's the words opening. I mean, there was John the Baptist. Then there's the words opening in 2003. And then Elijah is coming. But the work, the words have already been opened, and you know what's, what the, the message is. The message is that the Lord is coming for the separation judgment and to confirm the new covenant and to reign over the earth for seven years. That has not been known. It was missed. I made it known. It's in the scriptures. It's clear in the scriptures. And people need to understand it. God is trying to tell you, and he's been speaking it in prophetic word. But people won't listen, just like John the Baptist couldn't discern it. But you don't have that excuse because Jesus paid the spirit of grace. The blood, which is the, the symbol of the spirit of grace, the blood of the spirit of grace, he says in Hebrews 10, um, 25, uh, 24 to 31. He says, those who trample upon it, like yesterday, when they're singing, God gave his grace on thee, America, America. He opened his words here, which he spilt his blood for, so that we can receive it from the Father, and the people are not receiving it, and therefore they're trampling upon the blood of the spirit of grace. And they call themselves Christians, believers in Christ. No, you don't believe in Christ. You don't love him because you will not hear his words. John fourteen twenty three to 24. He's begging you to turn, come out of the world so that you can receive the spirit of truth. John fourteen fifteen to 17. John seventeen seventeen. Joel 2, 12 to 20. Please hear him. Please do it. The Lord is asking us to do it this time. I pray you will hear this message and it will help you. Lord, we thank you for all that you're doing for us and what you're trying to do to bring forth your kingdom. Lord, we pray that you will just cause your people to be shaken, that they'd understand, dear Lord, that that message that they gave last night with the, with the Pope at the Super Bowl, telling the people that they're bringing forth peace and unity. Paul said in 1 Thessalonians 5, 1 to 3, he recorded that you're coming as a thief in the night and we're in the night of the day of the Lord have proven and shown to your people. And as you have said that you're coming now, and Lord, we pray that they'd understand this is for judgment. And Lord, you said it's going to come upon like a thief in the night because they're not ready. They've not prepared themselves. They're caught in a snare. And dear Lord, we pray that they'd understand the thief takes away the light. And Lord, that's what you said you're going to do is come and bring a famine of the word, which is the taking away of the light. As you said in John 9, 4, 5, and a famine of the word in Amos 8, 11 to 14, and Revelation 6, 5 to 6. Lord, we pray that they'd understand this great message that you've tried to give us to help us. And Lord, let us understand, dear Lord, that we've stolen your tithes and offerings because, dear Lord, we have not used them to put the food in the storehouse of the hearts of your people and in the stomach of their people. Lord, we pray that they'd understand this, doing the way of the words, sharing the bread and the wine and the rest of it, dear Lord, for the purpose of the kingdom is, dear Lord, putting food in the storehouse of your people because that is be used dear lord in the way of the words if those have knowledge of truth that do this lord they'll know that the spirit is loosed by that and it causes them to be stirred up so that it draws them to bring forth the food of the word of god into them dear lord which is greater than anything lord we pray dear lord that they'd understand lord when you when you gave them the manna the, the word manna meant dear lord what because they didn't know what it was they don't know what it did. Dear Lord, they don't understand today what food does. They don't understand it. Lord, I pray that they begin to understand. It releases, releases, because you're in your word, even all things made and all things worked, all things done are words. Everything is done in the way of words. And Lord, in your words, the full measure, the spirit of God is in them. And Lord, we pray that they understand that and receive it. Lord, I pray you'll help us at this time that you, we will not fail you that your spirit will move, dear Lord, and bring forth the revival. Lord, the time has come that people hear. Lord, we've spoken the word. We pray, Lord, that you'd cause the halls of Washington to be shaken. And dear Lord, that pagan place, you'd allow them to hear your words, dear Lord, and let your movement be there. And Lord, I've challenged them to allow us to come and speak the truth for the Senate and Congress, dear Lord. And Lord, if they do not fear you, dear Lord, I pray that they will let you in. Lord, let your words be spoken and let the words see, dear Lord, because you said you'd judge us by the words and I don't want to bring any harm to them. 
But Lord, at the same time, they must hear your words for the sake of the people that they reign over. Because if they will not, then dear Lord, the plagues are going to come upon them as promised because all these works that they've done for evil. And dear Lord, the Senate and the Congress is a pitiful place. Lord, I've testified of how they lie and do the things, dear Lord, and do everything evil and what they're doing. And they know this and they're hiding it from the people. Lord, let them understand it's a dangerous thing to do. And Lord, let them understand this is your time. You've already taken over. Dear Lord, they no longer have the right of dominion. You took it away with them with the coming of winter. Lord, I pray that they'd begin to realize this. And Lord, let them understand the danger that they're in at this time. They better flee and they better plead before you, dear God, because you've already judged them. And dear Lord, the punishment is a guarantee to them. You told them that in Hebrews 10, 26 to 27, because it's willful sin is what they're doing. Willfully lying to the people, willfully deceiving the people. And you told them, dear Lord, you guarantee the fiery wrath to come upon them. And Lord, because they've trampled now upon the spirit of grace in that show last night that they put on and allowed. And even the vice president was there to confirm it. And the Pope confirmed it, dear Lord, with his message, dear Lord, giving it authority. And Lord, the vice president was given authority and the president was having a party to watch it, giving it authority. Dear Lord, we pray people understand the dangers that they are in and that we are all in at this time. Let us all repent before you, Lord, because we've all done evil, and I've done especially. And Lord, I repent before you, dear Lord, and plead, Lord, that you restore all things for people. We ask this in thy precious and thy holy name. In Jesus' name, amen. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.